everybody, welcome back to Negro Please Radio. I'm your host, Chris Allen, and as usual, off the top, I want to take the time out to thank each and every last one of you guys for tuning in, downloading, streaming, however you're taking my podcast. I appreciate it, and uh, welcome back to the latest episode. Um, yeah, quite a few things to talk about. Uh, man, it's kind of kind of be all over the place. Got a movie, movie review, um, went to a wedding, I saw this weird clip i'm gonna talk about about a teacher saying some weird shit to his middle aged middle aged middle middle uh middle class what the fuck am I, middle school class jesus christ chris get it together all right so welcome uh please if you haven't tell somebody about the co- podcast tell a friend enemy co-worker tell somebody about the show help me grow this thing and uh, I guess I'll jump right in. For those who don't know, we have a 10-year-old son. His name is Miles, and I like to talk about the different things that are going on in his life. Sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, sometimes it's nothing. Um, so I've mentioned before on this podcast several times, my son has ADHD. Uh, a lot like me, we lose a lot of things. All right, like right now, I currently have no idea where my AirPods are, Okay. This is a recurrent thing in my life. I, I'm always forgetting shit, um, losing stuff. But uh, he lost his Chromebook about two years ago. It was his first, like, you know, big device and everything, and he lost it. And <laughs> I was pretty upset, but I go, you know what? It was like 150 bucks. It is what it is. And uh, so I'm looking for my iPods today, AirPods today, and uh, I have an L-shaped couch, and... You know how some people's couches eat shit? Our chays will eat shit on this L-shaped couch. I was like, you know what? Let me reach down inside this cushion, inside the little box spring, just to see if my AirPods fell down there. I'm reaching down there, and I feel something plastic, long and hard. I go, is this the remote we lost? Because we lost the remote. Hmm, maybe it's the remote. And I keep feeling, I go, wait a minute. It's that goddamn laptop. And sure enough, I pull out a two-year-old Chromebook uh, that Miles lost. So uh, he'll be excited when he gets home today. So we found the Chromebook. I, I, I knew eventually it would happen. We did know it was somewhere in the house. It had to be somewhere in here. And I found it today. So that's that's a good thing. He's going to be super excited. And uh, I have just, I have no idea how it fell down in there, all the way down in there. I, I, I don't, I I don't get it. I want to say maybe he put it in there because that would make more sense, right? That a six or seven-year-old kid put it in there to hide it, and he forgot about it. But, um, yeah, <laughs> so it's it's charging. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for him. I know he's going to be super excited, so I can't wait to um, for him to get home today so he can see that uh, he's got his Chromebook back. But um, so um, – he also got his uh, progress report last week and straight A's again. Actually, straight A pluses, except for one class. I want to say it was like a social studies or something. Any class where he has to like write stuff, he gets a little nervous. So I, I could see his uh, grades going down just a little bit when when he has to write a like a long essay or um, you know uh, interpret a paragraph or something that he that he that he's read. Even though he's really good at it, he gets nervous. He feels like he's not going to come up with the exact answer that they're looking for. So, uh, but I'm very, very proud of him, man. He's he is really doing well right now. So we just got to maintain this. 
and I, I just I'm just so proud of my son. And um, man, just uh, can't believe I found that goddamn Chromebook. You know, the the moment you, you forget about stuff and it's out of your mind, because and I'm thinking like, all right, this year maybe I should get him an iPad Pro. Just really step it up. He lost the Chromebook. Uh, just something that we can take on the road that can do a lot more than the laptop that he has. Not the laptop, but the um, the uh, iPad that he has now, because it's a pretty old laptop um, uh, iPad. So a lot of stuff that he wants to play, it won't it won't play on it anymore. It's like one of the old iPads that still has like a home button and stuff. So there's certain games and things he likes to play that that aren't supported on those iPads. So I was thinking about that, but you know what? I might wrap up this motherfucking uh. Chromebook he got a few years ago and give it back to him, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm proud of my son. I got I I found his Chromebook, so it's all good with him right now. So um, yeah, I'm uh I'm back from a it was a long weekend. Uh, my mom came down, her and my niece Chloe. This is the first time Chloe's been here since I want to say she came for my um. Yeah, she was here for my retirement ceremony, but she was an infant at that time, so she doesn't remember being here. But it was nice having the little pitter-patter of her feet running around the house. You know, it's just crazy how much life is injected to your home when you just add a, a small child. You know, because with Miles being 10, you know, obviously we're adults. It's just pretty quiet, pretty calm. We've kind of gotten through most of the uh, the, the ruckus times. But don't get me wrong, like whenever we send Miles up to get a bath, it is. it sounds like there's 10 kids up here the way he's jumping around. And uh, when he doesn't take his his, um, <laughs> his medication, he does bounce off the walls. But uh, I guess we're kind of used to that, you know, the, old, the older kid running around. But I uh, kind of forgot what it's like having a four-year-old, man. It, it, it's chaos, man. She was pulling everything out. Uh, just running up and down the stairs, asking a lot of questions, wanting snacks. It was fun, you know. It, was, it, it and uh, I don't get to spend a lot of time with my nieces, and uh, it was just funny just sitting on her, sitting with her, sitting on her. I would have killed her. I'm all fat shit, but uh, just sitting with her on the couch, man. And she's so little, her legs still like, uh, you know, you know when kids are small, their their legs still fit up on the cushions and shit. It was just funny to have a little kid like that in the house again. You know, her asking all these questions and just, she, she's a wild one. She's a really, really wild one. And it, it was fun having her here, man. And uh, watching her run around the house and play with Miles. And, you know, they have a lot in common. And I think Miles also sees, he also sees that. And whenever she uh, she does things, he goes, oh, I do that. I go, yeah, see, you guys have a lot in, in common. So I, I think it's good for him to see uh, what some of his behaviors and uh his uh, rambunctiousness looks like. So we, we had a great time. And I got to give my mom a shout-out, man. She she She's always there for me. And she does the classic mom thing of, like, she gets in town and say, oh, can you take me to, to the store? I just want to get a couple of things. And mind you, she got here Thursday. I mean, she got here Tuesday evening. Uh, early afternoon, I'm sorry. Early afternoon. She was going to be here with them Thursday and we were getting back Friday. So, wait, no, we the, we, yeah, we were getting back Friday. So she gets here on a Tuesday, and she goes, take me to the store. I got to get a few things. And it's like $150 later. She's getting steaks and cookies and juices and 
I mean, just all this stuff. And it's like, Ma, you're really going to be here for two days. And she got two weeks worth of groceries. You know, just this classic mom. She has to fill up the house with all her stuff, all the kids stuff. She was like, I just want to make sure I don't have to come out anymore. I mean, just to have parents that, that want to do stuff like that, that can do stuff like that for for you, is uh, it's an amazing thing. It's a blessing to have a family who wants to be there. You know, because I've worked with so many people over the years where they can't get their parents to watch their kids or, you know, they have to give their parents money to watch their kids. It's just this crazy shit like that. But uh, I, my family, man, we don't operate like that. And I, I'm very, very fortunate to have uh, parents who, who, one, who can provide and who want to provide and be there with their grandkids, man. So uh, we went down to Norman's wedding. We had a, we had a great time. Uh, my first time flying Spirit. I will say, not as bad as people made it out to be. The chairs and stuff, the seats, they do suck. And I'm not going to act like uh, other airlines are, are much better. But it, it really wasn't that bad. The only time I got pissed is on the way back. Uh, I didn't get a bag tag for my luggage. So I'm waiting in the turn-in line. Because in most airlines, you just turn your baggage in, they print the sticker out, and it's just like, no big deal. Because it's supposed to be free. But apparently... At Spirit Airline, you have to get your own tag. And if you don't, they charge you $10 for the tag. But here's a catch. They charge you $10 per person that's on the reservation, which makes no fucking sense at all. So here it is. I'm at the uh, New Orleans airport. It's like 5 o'clock in the morning. And, I, you know, I, I get through the line, and she's like, it's going to be 10 bucks, And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm not getting out of this line and into another one. It's not happening. I want to do this now. She goes, well, it will be $20. I go, for what? She goes, it's for everybody on, on the reservation. I go, but what does my wife standing here have to do with anything? Why am I being charged $10 for my wife to stand here? I was like, what if she would have already went through security and I was here? What are, you, what are you charging me $10 for for her? It makes no sense. And the woman just kept saying, this is the policy. This is the policy. But it's like, you know, that's fine. But just explain to me what I'm paying $10 for my wife to stand here for. And here's the thing, man. Companies that do this type of shit, they're not the ones standing there getting yelled at, getting talked to. Now you're getting into an altercation with me and then other people. That's how you spend your whole day. It's justifying fees that you see no money of. And you can't even explain it. I'm fine with you saying, look, look, man, it's a dumb rule. I don't even I don't even agree with this, but that's what it is. Don't just keep repeating it's the policy. Tell me why. Tell me why I'm paying $10 to have my wife stand here. Just tell me why. She had nothing. And the the way they board, it just it makes no sense. It's just so chaotic. It, it, it's it's ridiculous. But the overall experience wasn't terrible. I just had the interaction with the lady at the at the uh, counter, and then just watching how they board is just it's it's pretty wild. But uh, yeah, I mean, and they nickel and dime people to death. I I, I got no add-ons, no up, upgrades. Don't give me anything. But the travel was fine. So we get down to New Orleans. I had never really been been through, but not in. The French Quarter, I got to say, man, it's it's almost like you left the country. It, it doesn't seem like America. 
it, it really doesn't. You seem transport, transported to another time and place. Just the, the architecture, how Bourbon Street looks, it, it, it's so cool. And I will say this. I lived in Vegas. Well, we lived in Vegas for two years. All right. Vegas is supposed to be the capital, you know, the party capital of America. That's where everybody goes, Vegas. I'll say this shit. I don't think anybody drinks and parties like New Orleans. I don't even think it comes close. It is the booziest city, town I've ever been in. We got up Wednesday, Thursday to, to go to brunch. And it's like 11 o'clock. And I walk by this bar, bar and there are people already trashed. On a Thursday at 11, people are trashed. People are walking around drinking beers. People are just just drinking all day. It just smells like liquor. I mean, people are having a great time. This is a regular Wednesday. It's not even like a touristy time, and people are just drinking everywhere, 11 o'clock on a Thursday. Nothing's going on, and people are trashed. Trashed. But uh, the, the we went to this place called French Toast. It was, it was really good. Uh, I mean, they feed the shit out of people. I got a side of eggs, and it came out on a dinner plate. And I was like, if I knew this, I just would have got like half. It was like 10 eggs. The French toast was like four inches tall. <laughs> I couldn't even finish it. I was embarrassed as a man to sit there. and not, I wasn't able to finish French toast and eggs. French toast and eggs couldn't even finish it. I don't even think I finished the bacon. <laughs> but it was really, really good. Uh, I mean, there's just so many places to eat down there. I uh, I got to go back. And I, I think we're going to go to Essence Fest this year. I, I, I got to go back. I got to explore more. And uh, it, it's just, I mean, I saw a small little corner of, you know, just a French Quarter. And I absolutely loved it. Just, it is weird seeing people just walk around drinking. Because you go, you can't do that. But you go, hey, man, this is New Orleans. You can get away with that. You, you're good. So uh, we, we get in Wednesday. Um, we head over to Norman's mom's. Uh, she runs a culinary school slash like cooking museum. And I guess they had the rehearsal dinner and then like a welcomes drink event after that. So we get to the hotel, we check in, we drop our stuff off and we run over there. You know, uh, we, we meet, see everybody. Norman's there. His girl is there. I mean, May is there. His parents, uh, Sean Donnelly, Joe List. Sam Morel, Stav, uh, Matthew, Matthew Broussard, uh, Discount Chuck, Doug Key, um, Dan Soder. I'm trying to think of all the other names. Joe Mackey, uh, Ari Shafir, Eric Mann, who was his, uh, one of Norman's video guys. Uh, just all these comics and all these people adjacent to comedy, whether they're, they, they're photographers, videographers, uh, writers, whatever, whoever they may be. They're just connected to comedy. Uh, Matt Salacuse, very, very dope photographer. He was there documenting the whole thing. Uh, yeah, we uh, so we sat out back for a while at the museum slash school. And we had some cigars. We laughed. Had a great time that night. Uh, it, was, it was a long day for us. So we headed back to the hotel. We ordered some food. And, <coughs> excuse me. It was one of those classic nights of, we, so we get there. And all the food is wrapping up. So there's really no food for us to eat. We can grab a couple of shrimp here and there. My wife doesn't eat shrimp, so she's dying. 
So we, we, we stay at the events thing just for a couple hours, just to mingle, you know, and uh, show our faces. And Sean Murphy is also there. Yes, I almost forgot the Murph man. I spent a lot of time talking to him. But um, no food. We like we, we got to get something to eat. All the restaurants, restaurants were closing down again. This isn't the tourist time of year. This is like during the week. Most people have weddings on the weekend. This is a comic who doesn't want to intrude on people making money. So this is a weekday wedding. Uh, so a lot of stuff is closed. So we end up getting some food sent back, uh, sent to the hotel, you know, have a good night, eat some Mexican food, watch some TV, laugh, whatnot. And, uh, next morning we get up. Yeah. That's when we have brunch. Uh, we walk around a little bit. We rest for a while and the wedding is at four thirty. We get dressed and walk over to the Beauregard keys house. It's a nice old house, 1800s kind of spooky looking. You know, you can't touch a lot of the stuff in there. They got some of the stuff shoved into one of the rooms where, you know, we're not disturbing any of the original furniture and these people's belongings and all that kind of stuff. But uh, very, very gorgeous home, man. Just very old school, uh, that uh, southern plan. I don't even want to call it a plantation, but it's just that very spooky, you know, um, just 1800s. I want to say, is that 19th century? I always fuck that up because I'm dumb. Yeah, 19th century home. Just weird old paintings. Just looking at all these old white dudes in these weird sailor suits, you know, with the doing the Napoleon chess hold. I'm like, they know that I know that it, they would not want my black ass in here. I know that. So I'm going to be all up in this bitch. Uh so <laughs> we get to the Keys house. Uh they have the ceremony out like in the garden. It's really, really pretty. They got a string quartet out there. The music is playing softly. And uh, it's not a very sentimental wedding at all. I can tell that's that's Norman's. Uh, that's all Norman. Don't make it too touchy-feely. But uh, the, the ceremony was nice. It, it was really, really quick. I mean, the wedding was at 430. I think by 5 o'clock, all the, that stuff was done. Sean Patton, another comic, he presided over the uh, the ceremony. I mean, that was that was the quickest part of the entire thing. I mean, boom, boom, we were done with that. And I want to say by 6 o'clock, I was done eating. So it really was just a big party. There weren't any assigned seats. There was no none of that kind of stuff. They did have some um, some speeches, the best man speech. Some uh, A couple of her friends spoke. But it was not a, a traditional, stuffy, um, formal wedding. We had a, we had so much fun. They had a live band called Mixed Nuts there. Uh, they were they were great. They were doing a lot of oldies. People were dancing. I mean, dude, Joe List is a fucking animal. For somebody that doesn't drink anymore, I, I can't imagine what Joe is like drunk and partying. I mean, he was sweating more than anybody. The dude loves to dance. Uh, it, it was it was a fun time, man. The food was great. Uh, I've had raw oysters for the first time. They were they were really good. I tried it with a little bit of lemon and um, cocktail sauce. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Or as slimy. And I like oysters and stuff, but I had never really done uh, the raw ones. Um, but uh, it, it was uh, it was nice, man. It, we had we had a great time. Um, oh, we also after the ceremony, uh, we walked out of the garden and they started just handing everybody drinks and beers and stuff and i'm like what the hell is going on and uh, uh you know we walk out into the street and i see there's a second line there kim folk and i'm like oh shit what are we about to do and uh we did a second line 
You know, they played the music, the whole wedding party, uh, congregation, whatever you want to call it. Everybody, we, we walked about four blocks. And uh, it was cool, man. People were really into it. I mean, people were walking by, taking pictures, getting uh, video, hopping in, hooting and hollering, you know, looking down from the uh, the, the, the second second floor decks and stuff. It was really cool, man. I had never really been a part of it. And, and seeing my wife happy, her uh, dancing around like that, man, it it, uh, it, was, it was great. She looked phenomenal. She was, she was getting a lot of compliments. People shit on my drawstring. I had drawstring dress pants and people were like why are you wearing sweatpants and i and the thing is i don't want to hear comics talking shit about my clothes i know y'all busting my balls but it's just like half y'all didn't even tie your shoes all right you're sweating through your oxford blue shirt all your suits are ill-fitting and you're not even wearing like good shoes so don't shit on my drawstring dress pants i thought i looked fucking dope but it was fun man i i, I love being around comics uh, we, we, we had a blast, man. It, it, the wedding was great. Mark and, and May had a great time. Uh, just, just a lot of fun, man. I got to meet some cool people. We took a lot of pictures. They had a little step and repeat, you know, a photography booth, all that stuff, man. It was, it was great. Uh, I just want to thank Mark and May for having me. Um, to make, I want to make sure I don't, I didn't miss anything. No, I, I didn't. I didn't miss anything with that at all, man. We had, we had a great time and, uh, we, I got to go back. I have to see more of that city. Uh, like I said, I think we're going to be going back this next year for Essence Fest. So I'll get to see another side of, uh, New Orleans, but, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, had a great time. And it, it's funny, man, cause Norman always has always said like New Orleans is not a place for like kids to grow up. And I, just from the little part that I saw, just the, the culture there, I can definitely see how that's not a place to raise kids, but Hey, and also, I'll say this too. It is time to just end all these laws where you can't drink alcohol and walk around. All right? New Orleans New Orleans does it. All right? No one's going to do it better than them. They got it down pat. So I can see why certain why states may be hesitant to do it because they've been doing it for so long. They don't fuck around. You know, they're constantly cleaning, uh, cleaning, you know, spraying the sidewalks down, taking trash out because they know how people are. They, they're kind of set up for it. But I, I think it's time for America to just, we need to start letting people drink on the street, man. Fuck it. New Orleans, is they're doing fine. We don't got to worry about, I don't think we have to worry about them, about our country becoming New Orleans. That's, that's, that's them. I don't think everybody else will take it that far, but we're all adults here. I don't see why somebody can't walk down the street and have a, have a beer. You know what I'm saying? Why not? Why not? But, uh, it is it is amazing just seeing that city. Uh, just it seems like they're doing pretty well, you know. Just, just after Katrina, man, it, it's just we were riding back uh, to the hotel. I mean, to the uh, airport uh, after everything was said and done, and I'm just looking at this city, and I'm like, man, I can't believe that like so much of this was underwater during Katrina. I mean, just I, I can't even fathom an entire city underwater and i and i know it's been a long time since that since that's happened but i haven't been there and it, i did think about the katrina and, and the devastation and everything that they went through there and it's just like that is wild that an entire city was underwater like we've i've seen roads flood you know but i've never seen anything crazy and to be in a town in a city where you watch for weeks you know the devastation on tv 
uh, it, it's just hard to really fathom. Like, man, I, I can't believe there was five, six, seven feet of water all over the city. It's just, it's just crazy. And, and and it's nice to see, you know, that uh, it seems that they're, they're doing well. And I, I, I got to go back. I, I, I Also, I'll say that I love the New Orleans accent. People talk shit about I love it. I love listening to black women with that New Orleans accent talk. It's great. All the locals that I met there, they were really, really cool, very inquisitive where we came from, which I do in the town. So it seems like a really, really nice nice town. Definitely has got a seedy dark side, but I think people there are generally nice. They like to party. They like to eat. They want you to enjoy their town. They're proud of where they're from, and uh, I got to go back. So shout out to New Orleans. I had a, I had a fantastic time, and uh, shout out to the Normans, the newlyweds. All right, so... I also saw, and shout out to my mom for coming and taking care of Miles uh, and, and, and bringing Coco. He had a great time. Um, it was fun. He said he stayed up till midnight playing video games. He didn't go to school. So it's just, that was a great time for him to spend with his grandmother and his cousin. So it was an overall great, great trip. Um, all right. You know what? I'll bring, uh, oh, excuse me. I'll bring it up. I did some some dumb shit. So I have TSA pre-check. My wife does not. And guess what? I use it on the trip, and she let me know when we got back. I didn't like that. I didn't like that shit. But I told her, like, look, it's about to expire. I know I shouldn't have, but I was like, fuck it. I pay for it. Why would I wait in a long-ass line when I pay for this service? And, yeah, we had a pretty long talk about it. It was a wrong decision to make on my part. Talked to my therapist about it. He was just like, yeah, you fucked up. And I was like, yeah, I know. But I also got through the line pretty quickly. But uh, <laughs> so, fellas, lesson learned. Don't do it. If she has it and you don't, it's completely fine. But if you have it and she doesn't, you got to snake through her with the line to make it feel like y'all traveling together. So I fucked up. <laughs> All right. So uh, we get back. You know, uh, see my mom, my niece. We hang out that night, get up at 5, take them to the airport. They're out of here. Um, so thanks to my mom and Coco for coming. We had we had fun. They had a good time. It was great seeing them. And, uh, yeah, I'm thankful to have a mom that's that's willing and able to uh, to help us out. Um, so uh, Saturday we kind of hung out, got our got our rest. You know, it was a, it was a it was a wild few days, not a lot of sleep. And uh, came back here, chilled, yeah, chilled Saturday, Sunday. We went and saw uh, Wakanda Forever. And look, I'm not a big Marvel guy, but I, I like Black Panther. I want to support this black film. Uh, I, I want to support Ryan Coogler and everybody involved. And uh, I got to say, I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, like all Marvel movies, for me, a tad bit too long. 241. That, that could have been 45 minutes shorter but I get it. These comic book people, they want all these backstories, all this stuff. And uh, Angela Bassett stood out in that movie. She was phenomenal. She looked so goddamn good in that movie. She was so regal, so graceful. I mean, her muscles were just popping. There's a scene where she's at the UN and they have her framed up right in the middle. middle. She's got this big... Uh, ceremonial like hat on if you want to call it like a, a headdress it maybe but it's a big african hat and just the lines that it creates on her body she looks so official i mean i was just like my eyes were glued to the screen i was like she actually looks like fucking royalty the way she delivered her lines just everything man she just really 
sunk her teeth into that role, and she was she was great. She looked great, and uh, man, I, I gotta say that there were some great performances in in that movie. Uh, but um, some people complain about there not being a main character, and I and I'll, I'll say, and I don't know anything about the Marvel universe, so people can shit on what I'm gonna say all they want. I don't know much about the story, but I'll say this. I get it. There, there was not a main character, but I feel like, uh, I felt like the story was very fitting. So here you have a nation where they lost their protector. They lost their, their traditional warrior, the, the person who was always there for them to protect them, to, to be there, all that, that was something big for them. He's now gone. I felt like now it's like you have a country in disarray. They feel like they don't have an identity. The Black Panther was their thing, and now he's gone. So I felt like they had to go through something as a nation to uh, create a new hero. You you need to have these times for, for people to step up and stand out and become uh, icons, if you will, or figures in their in their country and i felt like that's what this movie kind of did like hey y'all went through something y'all lost a great leader y'all not really sure you know what's going on with wakanda like do you guys have an identity the black panther is gone he is no more we're lost then you have this new enemy somebody has to emerge as a leader and i felt like that's that was this story it was about the nation trying to find its identity again, trying to find a leader again, and I felt like they did that. I don't I don't feel like the movie had to be about one specific person, but by the end, they find someone else. I I, I thought the story was was very very fitting. Could it have been chopped down? Yeah, it it, it could have been. But I I felt like it really fit what was going on. I really loved how they incorporated uh, Bozeman into the movie. You know, there was, they didn't lie about like, oh, he, you know, he disappeared when Thanos snapped his fingers. Hey, no, he died from a, a, a illness that, uh, you know, he never told us about until it was, it was, it was too late. I mean, the funeral, the, I got the funeral felt so real. And I think it's because he actually passed away. It felt really real. Like that one scene where they show the uh, the mural of him on the on the wall, man, I almost lost it. it. It just seemed so real, and the fact that they mentioned in the, they even in the movie the dialogue about how she she said, uh, "My brother suffered in silence and he never told anybody." Like Chadwick Boseman, he really did that. He really suffered in silence. He 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 uh, he acted in these movies and he never said anything, not one thing. And they they showed a, a few flashbacks from uh from the previous movie, and you know when they showed us they show him and I'm like, this man knew he was about to die and here he is still working his ass off. Here he is, you know, being the Black Panther, knowing that he's more than likely he's not gonna be here much longer. But he didn't say shit to anybody, in the in the time where like. He could have got on social media, hey man, I got cancer. I'm, I'm probably not gonna, you know, live much longer. I mean, he could have been with all the stuff he's done. They would have gave this man his flowers, you know, uh, prepare for this. But you know, he didn't want to do that. You know, he could have got, he could have went on the, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say sympathy, but he could have went on the tour, a sympathy tour, you know, and, and for lack of a better, you know, term, he could have, he could have done that. But now he 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 chose to keep it to himself. 
And I, I really like how they incorporated that into the movie, man. They really, I, I feel like they did a great job at uh, at at at, at um, showing him respect, and um, yeah, and, and mentioning the legacy that uh, that he he brought to Hollywood to this to that franchise. And uh, it's just a very very sad man. Somebody that young and that talented is is gone. But you know, I, I think they did a great job at uh, memorializing him. And I, I thought the movie, like I said, I thought the movie was good. I enjoyed it just a, a tad too long for me personally, but shout out to Ryan Coogler and, and, and that entire cast and crew, man. I, I really enjoyed it. And our family doesn't go out for movies very often, but we all went out together when, when we enjoyed it, man. And I thought they did an excellent job, an excellent job. And uh, all right, so I'm going to take a hard pivot and then get out of here. So I saw a, a news story on Twitter and it's a video, I want to say it's about 45 to 50 seconds long. It's a middle school teacher telling his class that he is ethnocentric and he feels that his race is superior to everybody else. And I go, okay. All right, so I was like, maybe, I was like, this looks bad. This is not good. This motherfucker should be fired immediately. He's on paid administrative leave. But in my mind, I first watched that, I go, okay, he's a teacher. I go, maybe. And these are middle school kids. I go, maybe he's acting as a role for the students to go, okay, what if he ran across a person that said this and he's acting as if he is a ethnocentric person? But no, according to the article, he actually really believes this because I'm like, okay, that's the only reason that this, that's the only way that this would be acceptable for a teacher to say this to a bunch of kids is if he's acting as if he's acting like a racist person. They go, hey, I'm ethnocentric. I feel like my race is the best, but I feel like everybody feels that way. That's the only way I I could see him doing that. Hey, this is a scenario. What do you what would you say if you ran across a person that said this? That is not the case. Now what what really fucking bothers me about this shit. It's people are always worried about these woke teachers teaching their kids shit uh, about gay and trans and CRT, which ain't even fucking happening. But you have guys like this in Texas saying this shit to a bunch of 12-year-olds. But luckily, these kids are like, yo, I can't even really fuck with you like that no more. One kid was like, I can't respect you like that anymore if you really feel like that, Mr. Smith or whatever this guy's name was. And the teacher had to never go, oh, really? I feel like you should respect me more because I'm being honest and he does it he does that classic right wing white guy thing where it's just like, well, hey, I feel like everybody really feels that way. They're just not admitting it. It's just like they have a fucked up thought, but then they want to put it off and project it onto everybody else. And go, Well, everybody thinks this way, or everybody does that. Because that's what a lot of people on the right they try to do. They they claim to be the moral compass of this country, right? Anti abortion, they they're all about you know, going to church and doing the right thing and and being moral. And they can call everybody out left and right. Hey, this is wrong. Don't do that. But the moment you catch them doing something just as bad or worse, it becomes a thing of, well, every, everybody makes mistakes. We all, we all do that. Look at Herschel Walker. His whole stance, anti-abortion, anti-abortion. It's murder. It's murder. It's murder. Turns out he had one. And all of his support, supporters, well, hey, we, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Oh, really? We all, we all make mistakes now? 
Because when you're calling other people out for when they make mistakes, you're not going, hey, it's okay. We all do this. You're like, look at this piece of shit. They're immoral. They're this. They're that. It's not low. Hey, we all do this, but maybe you shouldn't do that. It's not that. It's not that at all. But shout out to these kids, man, for like realizing that this guy is a bigot. A straight up bigot and he's teaching our children. Now, do you think this guy is going to be fair when he's grading kids? If he's uh, kicking kids out of class, if he's uh, sending, yeah, sending kids to the principal's office for um, behavioral uh, problems or alleged behavioral problems. Do you think a, a, a guy who really feels like his race is superior is going to grade papers honestly? Treat students honest, uh, fairly? And you got people, oh, I need, I need more context. Look, that's fine. But there's no way to justify this at all. We, we've seen the articles and news stories over the last couple of years where any black uh, school administrator or, or faculty member attended a Black Lives Matter rally. They want those people gone. They want them fired because they're biased. But this white teacher can say shit in his classroom about being ethnocentric. And all of a sudden you want to hear you want to hear more. Come on, man. Just stop with this bullshit. And I'll, let me bring this up, too. People have been talking about these fucking litter boxes in school and kids who I, for kids who identify as cats and stuff. Do you not think kids would record that shit or take pictures and post that? Like, you, you hear all these politicians talking about, like, somebody told me, this kid told me, where's the proof? There's no way a middle schooler is not taking a picture or a video of a litter box in a bathroom. Not happening. That, that There's no way. I mean, you get a kid with a weird-shaped head in school and you won't leave him alone. And if you walk in, you see a kid shitting in a litter box, man, they would never live that down. So the fact that you haven't seen kids posting any videos, pictures of any of that shit, that should let you know that's probably not real. Probably not real. <laughs> I just... It's crazy, but this has been a long one. There's a show. Oh, you know, let me, let me, uh, I got a, quite a bit coming up this, uh, for the rest of the year. Um, the weekend of Thanksgiving, I'll be at the Sandman comedy club. Okay. With, uh, Dave, is it Dave? I'm, I'll be there with Dave Dombrowski. Or is it Mike? I can't remember. Thank God he doesn't listen to my podcast because he would be like, what the fuck, man? I think it's Dave. Featuring for him. Good dude. Funny dude. Uh, so Sandman, the weekend, uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And then uh, December 2nd, I'll be in New Haven, Connecticut with Norman at some theater. I'll also be trying to do some shows in New York City that week, the very last couple of days of November to the first days of no December. Try to get some spots in the city. And then December 9th and 10th, I will be at the Comedy Lounge in Denver, Colorado. I plan on trying to get out there a couple of days early to do some spots at some, you know, just some bar shows or whatever shows they got. Try to do some shows out there before the weekend. And then the uh, December 15th, that weekend, I'll be at the DC Improv on a showcase in the lounge. So I got 
Richmond, D.C., and Denver coming up over the next month and a half. So I'm excited. So if you're in Denver, check me out. D.C., come check me out. And Richmond, come check me out. With that being said, there's a show. That's the show. I'm out. Peace.